welcome to another episode of Discover St. Cloud, Florida. I'm your host, Janine Corcoran, broker for Corcoran Connect, a real estate company. So I am flying solo today because Kristen has been sick. And though she is getting better, she actually lost her voice. So I was going to try to convince her to come and stand by me anyway, but I don't think she would have had much to say. So I'm doing this on my own today. So I had the honor of interviewing um, Anthony Katniss, or Tony Katniss, as he liked to be called. And it was a great interview. And um, I actually have the book sitting here next to me. It's Sunshine Towns, um, New Urbanism in Florida. And so we talked about that and how he got to this book, and then also talked about the upcoming book that he has um, that will be out in the fall. Um, I found when I interviewed Tony, he had quite the sense of humor, which I didn't expect. Um, He started writing books in 1972. He's written 14 books. I have read this one, and I'm looking forward to the next one. The next one is going to be very specific to our area, um, which would be the community of Harmony, which is located in St. Cloud, Florida. But one interesting fact I did find out about Tony is that he um, used to play in a rock and roll band, um, and I'm not going to spoil it for you. So we'll just go ahead and cut to that interview now, and I'll see you in a minute. I'm sitting here today with, do you prefer, you want Anthony, Tony? Tony's Ka- fine. And how do you say your last name, Tony? Catanese. Catanese. I always want to say Cantonese, and that's wrong, That's right? what I tell people. You can call me doctor, you can call me professor, you can talk to me lieutenant colonel, or just make sure you call me for dinner. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's great. And um, so um, Tony is the um, author of um, Sunshine Towns, if you haven't read it. And um, so we're going to talk to him a little bit about today about this book and then also about another upcoming book that he has. So tell me, how long have you been writing? Wow, I think my first book came out in 1972 when I was a young assistant professor at Georgia Tech. And uh, since then, I've written, uh, that's, this is my 14th book. And, wow. we got, and we got one coming out, hopefully by this fall. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. So um, how did you get started in writing originally? Uh, I studied engineering, and then I got interested in architecture, and then I expanded my thinking and got into uh, city planning and how cities are developed and built. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that I added to the literature, and of course I was teaching at the time, so I wanted to have some textbooks for for my students and uh, add to the general body of knowledge. Wow. And where where were you doing city city planning? Uh, I started out uh, actually in practice, and uh, when I got out of school, I I got my doctorate at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and then I worked in Hawaii. And, oh, that must uh, be nice. I had a tough job. Yeah, I had to evaluate all the beaches in Hawaii for tourists and resort wow. development. It was tough. That I, was a tough one. Yeah, 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 I had a two-year contract. It took me five years. It was just, <laughs> it was just so hard to, to finish on time. Oh, you have a sense of humor, too. I love that. <laughs> yeah. and, then, uh, and then I worked a little bit for when Jimmy Carter was president. We had a peculiar thing called the Alaskan Native Claims Settlement Act, where several million acres of land in Alaska were distributed to the native populations. So I was one of his representatives to decide uh, uh, which lands would be eligible for distribution. So from Hawaii to Alaska, 
And, uh, but then most of my work was in consulting, uh, largely in Georgia and Florida. Wow. So if you could summarize for those people who do not know you, how could, and, and I know you gave a little bit of your background, but how can you give them a little summary of who you are? You had a, definitely had a fulfilled life so far. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, uh, uh, one of those lives of unexpected uh, ambitions. Uh, I started off as a kid in New Jersey. Uh, playing, what part? Uh, I was in New Brunswick. Okay. And I played in in rock and roll band. No, and, you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I played in places that you may know, you know in a Manasquan and Seaside Heights. Of course. Stayed in, played at the Stone Pony before anybody else ever heard of it. Oh, and uh, I want to go to uh, be a rock star. And um, but my father had different ideas, so uh, so I wound up going to college, uh, studying engineering. And then I um, thought I wanted to be an engineer. Uh, it was great. Civil engineering is great. And I was designing bridges. I thought I needed a little more than that. Uh, so then I studied architecture. I liked architecture, but I was doing basically single-family houses. And I got interested in the larger pictures, especially how some of the uh, European towns were developing. Sure. And, uh, and then my family moved to Ocala, Florida. So all of the big city stuff kind of went away. And my dad, who was in construction, uh, thought that uh, uh, there'd be a lot of development in Ocala, and he was right. So, uh, so what, then I what became year a Floridian. Was uh, this would have been right after I got out of high school, so in the mid-60s. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. So then Ocala, you know, really took off. And so I became a Floridian. Spent most of my life in Georgia and Florida, uh, uh, a good part of it at Georgia Tech. But I made the whole—and uh, and then I, I went back to New York for a couple of years at a place called Pratt Institute in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Oh. And I was the provost there. But then I came back to Florida, so I was the dean at the University of Florida, and then the dean at the University of Miami. Oh, my goodness. And then I was the president of Florida Atlantic University, and then for the last 14 years, uh, president of Florida Institute of Technology. Okay, folks, I just realized I have not done enough in my life, so I'm going to leave now because you've just made me feel like <laughs> you've, you've lived a very fulfilling life. <laughs> It's been interesting. <laughs> my goodness. I still want to be a rock star, though. You still want to be a rock star? Well, you know, my husband plays guitar. You know, between the both of you, I'm sure you could do something. Okay, that's a deal. <laughs> um, so what is the title of the last the last book you wrote that we're here? Well, uh, I want to talk about uh, what was called New Urbanism Development in Florida. And I start out by saying that sometimes we get a bad reputation in Florida for development. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've done something here that's unique. We developed this theory of uh, new urbanism in Florida, and it's the idea that we can make our towns about 50,000 maximum and uh, develop them on some traditional American principles and, and some Italian design, Hilltown principles as well. So all these towns have a uh, central marketplace. Mm -hmm. They're walkable is the key. So right. if you want to get a carton of milk, you don't have to get in your car. Um, they have schools that the kids can walk to. And in general, the housing style is different, but it does have a pattern book, so it has to be certain kinds mm -hmm. of housing. And uh, conservation as much as possible. So a lot of our, our new urbanist towns have um, you know, 60% conservation areas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, what a unique idea that says developed in Florida. Now, interestingly enough, it started in a little town in the Florida panhandle called Seaside. 
a man named Robert Davis, who had been a significant developer in Miami, uh, got this land from his grandfather, and he wanted to do something very unique. So I'm talking now, wow, 35 years ago. So he hired two young architects who I knew, who I hired when I was at the dean of when I was dean of University of Miami, uh, Elizabeth Plater Zyberg and Andres Duani, and they got into this car and they drove all through the South, and they marked all the things that they really liked in traditional American Southern towns, and they put them all together in this theory of new urbanism wow. and developed it in Seaside. Uh, I just got back. Uh, we go to Seaside every year for a family reunion, and a Seaside is great. One little problem, when we started planning Seaside, it was meant to be a middle-class, second-home community. And then some interesting things happened. A very famous ar architect named Leon Creer from London built a very nice house there, and then it became kind of a contest of can you bring the biggest name architect into town? Oh. And of course, with Elizabeth and Andres, that made it all the more so. So what, so that, what get, are the pricings of housing? What happened? There? Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so what we were thinking about building houses in you know, the $50,000 range, and now they're in the two to $6 million range oh. because Leon Creer's patron was a man named Prince Charles. And he made the statement that he thought Seaside, Florida, was the finest new town in the world. So then the world came to Seaside, Florida. Oh, and it what became an interesting... a very elite upper class resort. It was supposed to be a, a town. It was supposed to be a second When did when was that established? What year was that? Do you know? That's it would have been thirty five years ago. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's world famous now and it's great. It's still developing, still ongoing. And then there was another guy in Florida who wanted to build an environmental prototype city of tomorrow. And that kind of morphed because of business into Epcot theme park. Uh, so Walt Disney still wanted to build a, a, a prototype city and he liked new urbanism. Uh, but then unfortunately he passed away. And then uh, Bob Iger, who was the president and Roy Disney followed up on that model. So they tried to incorporate these principles into Celebration, Celebration Florida. And again, Celebration became much bigger and more tourist-oriented than was originally involved, uh, intended. Uh, and then, uh, so I had interesting, so uh, an individual developer uh, built Seaside, and then a huge corporation built Celebration. Celebration. And then when I was the president of Florida Atlantic, I got involved in another new town called Abacoa, which curiously was built on land owned by a private foundation, uh, the John D. MacArthur Foundation mm -hmm. in um, Palm Beach County. So another new urbanist town was built there, which included a campus of Florida Atlantic University. Several new towns then developed. Uh, uh, one of the most interesting is Windsor, which is in uh, Indian River County. And that's kind of an international center for the very wealthy. So there are, there are all kinds of grades of housing uh, in the new urbanist towns. And I'm just highlighting the, the, the well-known ones. There are well lots of them in, yeah. in Florida. So that would Rosemary bring Beach, Alice Beach, a Watercolor, Water Sound, there are lots of new urbanist towns. But the ones I like the best are here. But I think the one, in my view, is purest uh, new urbanist town is Harmony, Florida. 
uh, because it follows all the principles of new urbanism. It actually gets a higher level of conservation than some of the other towns. Mm -hmm. None of the lakes can be developed, as you know. Uh, everything really is walkable, maybe a bit of a walk, but you can get to just about everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, of course, it added in that peculiar uh, and fascinating aspect of uh, Jim and Martha Lentz, mm -hmm living with wildlife and living with nature, uh -huh. which is somewhat new to the uh, uh, new urbanist movement. And uh, I think it's fascinating. I mean, this is one of the few urbanist towns where you can see a herd of deer and when you go jogging in the morning, uh, when you have to stop your car because the uh, sandhill cranes oh, don't want to move. <laughs> you have to watch it on hole number three because there's usually a friendly gator there uh, or a flock of wild turkeys there. So it's a very unique town. And uh, I think what is called Harmony, Maine, is, is just a prototype of what new urbanist towns in Florida on greenfields, on new land, mm -hmm. uh, should be. And um, that's why I'm writing uh, at the request of Jim and Martha Lenz and uh, with the editorial assistance of uh, uh, Jamie Abel, and with the photography, there's Sherry Lynn Heck, mm -hmm. uh, a town just about Harmony. This book covers all the new towns, uh, but I want to do the, uh, another book on just Harmony and just stress how unique and special Harmony, Maine is with the intent, twofold intent, uh, to get high school kids and early college students to understand about new urbanism and what you can do with Florida, a land. And how you can do it the right way, not just the old urban sprawl. Knock it all down, knock, yeah, knock all the trees tree down, down. And then just <laughs> pop up the same house a yep, hundred yep. times. Um, you don't have to do that. You can do it in a much more coordinated way. And um, interestingly enough, I'm also um, studying and doing some work uh, with another developer who owns 300,000 acres of land in central Florida. Wow. Known as the Deseret Cattle and Citrus. And that's ranch, right, right around the corner. Right next door to us. <laughs> and they have permission to plan 10 new urbanist towns with 50,000 each oh, over wow. the next long term. Uh, and uh, I really enjoy working with them because they understand new urbanism, they understand conservation, mm -hmm. they understand living with wildlife and nature. So these 10 new towns that they're going to build. I, I think are really related to uh, Harmony and the whole new urbanist movement. And it's going to change the face of Central Florida, of course, when we get that many new people um, living in uh, this undeveloped land. I so it's very interesting planning-wise, by the way, because about 25 years ago, you remember, we, want to, we didn't want any of this land developed. Mm -hmm. So we put up planning restrictions, and we had this movement under Senator Bob Graham and one of my colleagues, Dr. John the Grove, that they called Eastward Ho. So they didn't want Central Florida development. They said, let's put all our development on the coastline. That didn't turn out to be such a great idea. <laughs> so, so the coast became overdeveloped. We had terrible problems in the Indian River Lagoon. Mm -hmm. So we kind of had changed that philosophy. And I think now the philosophy is, oh, let's cool it on the coastal areas, mm -hmm. and let's really develop some of this land and the interior, but do it the right way, with large conservation areas, large water management areas, mm -hmm. and do it the right way. Not just urban sprawl, but new urbanist towns. So that's kind of the reason why I really want to stress harmony in this new book, and I'm delighted. And that, what, what uh, will be the title of the new book? Uh, 
Harmony, Florida, living with nature. Oh, well, yeah. perfect. I do have yeah. a question, though. Does in any way the pocket parks and the dark sky lighting that Harmony, you know, is that that's currently what we have, is that play into oh, yeah. the urbanism at all? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Because new urbanism always has uh, pocket parks, alleys, uh, garages behind the Houses generally, sometimes we slip away from it, but generally the idea was to keep the uh, garages in the back, alleyways for service in the back, uh, pocket parks wherever you can. Mm -hmm. uh, the lenses were the ones who really came up with the new urbanism, uh, dark sky movement, and that mm -hmm. was important too. And that's become a great asset here. And, uh, and that's what I like about new urbanism, it keeps evolving, so you get new additional things mm -hmm. that make it even more interesting. Yeah, so uh, we're hoping that with the, with the new owners of um, some of the land, vacant land harmony, that they will keep this theme up, and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll try working with them on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we hope so. Um, how long have you lived here? Uh, five um, years. Five years? Yeah, okay. this is our second home. We, we have another home in, okay. uh, on the coast. <laughs> and so what made you choose Harmony? I, in uh, I was involved with Jim and Martha really in the early planning days okay. uh, through, uh, ironically, um, uh, through a whole different um, subject area. Uh, Martha was very interested in how pets could affect uh, uh, health, lifestyle, yeah. healing. So I got the Florida Tech uh, Psychology Department with Martha's funding um, to research that. Mm -hmm. And we actually did some studies about, well, is it true, can really, you know, petting a pet lower your blood pressure uh, if you've just had surgery? Can a pet really relax you and, and uh, speed up healing? And I'll be darned, some of our original longitudinal studies uh, said that, yeah, <laughs> it does work. Uh, one interesting little caveat. Sorry, cat lovers. It doesn't work for cats. Oh, it, it doesn't? It only works for dogs. <laughs> cats are too independent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we got involved in that way, and I thought, what a fascinating area. So the Harmony Institute which is the research arm of um, Harmony, mm -hmm. uh, started out their research, and then they got a little heavier into it, so they funded a large study at uh, University of Central Florida Medical School, mm -hmm. and that study is still ongoing. So there, we did it from the psychological approach. The medical school is doing it from the, uh, the physiological approach. Wow. I, did, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, that's great. Um, so what would you say to someone who might be considering to moving to St. Cloud and or Harmony? Uh, I would highly recommend uh, Harmony as the uh, really the best example of new urbanism, uh, in my opinion. Uh, they're, they're the new urbanist towns, but you have things here that you don't find elsewhere. Uh, this concentration on living outdoors and living with wildlife, even though deer can be a pain sometimes. <laughs> and the cranes. When they eat your plants. <laughs> uh, and uh, it just, it's a whole new unique opportunity to see Central Florida, uh, the way it should be. And uh, I think the housing, we have a range of housing. We have some very expensive houses here, but we have some affordable housing. Oh, absolutely. And um, I think now as the market redevelops and as we get some new stores here, uh, the concept of being able to walk everywhere uh, is really important for health and just convenience and for kids. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my tests always is, uh, especially for younger families, is this a safe place to raise kids? Mm -hmm. And I think in Harmony that that's clearly the case. Mm -hmm. Now, there are folks, folks a little more senior, like Sarah and me. Uh, we find this a good uh, second home. It's a good place for retirees 
and uh, the number of second home people as well, which I oh, think absolutely. is interesting. Now, I should also reveal that my grandkids live three blocks away, so that's another yeah, reason yeah. for us there. <laughs> so actually, actually, that's a big market. Uh, you know, um, getting close to where your grandkids are, that, that's, that's something yeah. important and no. growing as well. Yeah, and all my grandchildren are here too, so oh, okay. that, that's, you know, there's nothing better than that. I do have a story about a pocket park. Mm-hmm. So when my parents lived here, they both passed now, um, mm-hmm. dad being a senior, and he, and he, you know, wasn't, he was in his mid-80s, I guess, and um, he said to me one day, he said, um, oh, I took a walk to the park today, and I said, I said, Dad, you walked all the way from Beargrass all the way down to um, Lakeshore Park. I'm thinking park, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I walked to the little the little park, which was like three three houses away from him. <laughs> yeah. And so he said, I walked to the park. And then I and then in my head I said, I remembered originally, you know, reading about it and, and understanding from Martha um, that the pocket parks were meant for the seniors, were meant so that they're situated halfway down the block so a senior could we could have a mix of different families and the seniors would be able to walk to them. But it wasn't until that happened that a light bulb mm-hmm. went on. I said, mm-hmm. oh, he, he was very proud of himself walking to this park and, and that's mm-hmm. what they're for. So and one, now, of the, one of the reasons. Now, that's know. all changed, you know. Oh, okay. Right, right behind us is a, is a pocket park, which in about an hour or so will be filled with kids <laughs> playing there. <laughs> that's but, the park but, he, he walked to because he was oh, in the beginning okay. of Beargrass. So oh, that was okay. the park. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, and across, across the street, the conservation area, that tends to be more senior people. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so back to St. Cloud, is there any place you would recommend people, someplace that they, they should eat that you would recommend? Well, I'm, I'm old school. I like the catfish place. <laughs> and uh, I like downtown St. Cloud. I like Frankie's. I like fire. Uh, I like the, uh, what they call the hotel, the... Uh, Mm-hmm. The hotel uh, restaurant there yeah, that you, across yeah, the street. Yeah, yeah I kind of like that. I, I kind of like the uh, the local old school places. Right, not a chain. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. no that, that Although, if you want to go chain, I'd go up to uh, uh, Nona Blue, which is not a chain, but Nona Blue is pretty exciting too. Yeah, that's a good. In the Italian restaurant right next door to uh, Nona Blue, so it's kind of interesting how many great dining experiences there are here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I suspect I should have mentioned the tavern. The tavern is going to come back, I'm sure. And, mm-hmm. I've had some some great meals at the tavern. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. specials are good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. To, Glad I mean, to do this it. is a, this is a wonderful. I mean, I feel yeah. like you've led. I really am going to beat myself up. It's Monday. I'm going to beat myself up and say, Janine, you're not doing enough in life. <laughs> but again, this was a, this was a, um, the book um, that Miss Katzenese wrote, and then uh, the new book coming up will be all about harmony, which is it's kind of neat. So maybe by November. I think so. Okay. I'm counting on it. All right. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Janine. All right. So what did you think about that interview? I thought it was great. Um, Very interesting, smart gentleman. Um, Definitely felt like I'm an underachiever after being next to him. But um, I have a few years left. Um, Tony, I'll try to catch up. (laughs) Um, But anyway, enjoyed the part about the rock and roll band, him being from New Jersey, uh, talking about um, different bars that he played in and things like that. And in the end, he's pretty funny. So I hope you enjoyed that. And stay tuned um, for our next episode. And hopefully Kristen will be fine by then to join us. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to, if you want to listen to other podcasts, you can go right to our YouTube page or you could... um 
listen to your podcast wherever you find that you like listening because they're all over the place. And oh, you can reach out to us at 1-844-ST-CLOUD. That's S-T-C-L-O-U-D. We love to hear from you. Love to have suggestions. Until then, we'll see you next time.